Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee for June 4th, 1994. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing, Carol? Hey, what's up? So we've had a good week here at Massive Late Fee. Lots of people seem to be giving us encouragement. I even heard from our friend Brittany. Did you hear what Brittany had to say about about our show? No. I'll have to show you later. She wrote a, a very nice note. I think she must have just put it in my locker. Well, you know, I've said over and over, I only want the money. So. Yeah, that's true. So, but she wrote a very nice note about the show, so I'll have to uh, I'll have to pass that on to you later. Uh, but we talk about movies, we talk about TV shows, we talk about the news of the day in entertainment. I don't know. <laughs> you know what this is at this point, I think. It's just us talking about stuff. Everyone's... So everyone's tape is someone's first tape. Okay. The first one they've heard. Maybe. It's kind of like in the in the 60s when they did comic books and they would always talk about their powers. I'm shooting this laser beam from my eye because this comes from another dimension. You know, like stuff like that. And it's because everyone's, you know, every comic book is someone's first comic right. book. Right, that makes sense. Anyway. So, news today. Not much news in the news today for news. So. <laughs> wow. Are, are, are we doing a shot every time you say news? Maybe. But, no, don't do that. We don't want to contribute alcohol poisoning. <laughs> but they've moved The Simpsons to Sunday night, where it's been, at 8 o'clock, so that it will go up against murder, comma, she wrote. Now remind me, what time was it on before they moved it to eight o'clock? It was earlier, right? Like six? I five? think it, no, it wasn't that early. Okay. I think it was seven, maybe. Because it just seems to me that The Simpsons is a cartoon, right? A it is a cartoon. Family friendly kind of cartoon. Ish. A lot of kids like to watch it. Yeah. And it it's seems popular like... with the youth, <laughs> as they say. It seems like 8 o'clock at night is cutting into bedtime for those kiddos. How young are you talking? I, I don't know. I watched it when I was a kiddo. It's been out for about it's five years. It's been out for five years. Yeah, how old do you think I am? I don't know. That's a very good question that a lot of people have. <laughs> I don't know how old we are. <laughs> so... They're going up against... It's going up against Murder, She Wrote. Anything to say about that? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares about Murder, She Wrote? Old women. Yeah. My grandma. But mm. I don't. I mean, given the choice, I'm watching The Simpsons, but there's a whole other show that I want to watch you, at that you, time. You so I wouldn't watch either one of them anyway. You can't watch Murder, She Wrote unless you've been through menopause. Exactly. So, yeah. What's the other show that you watch? I watch Lewis and Clark. <laughs> so, you you watch the documentary about the exploration of the American West. Lois Lewis and, and Clark. Clark. Lois and Clark. <laughs> Starring Meriwether Lewis and William Clark. Noah. 
featuring Sacagawea. Shut up. Lois and Clark. Oh, okay. That's featuring Terry Hatcher. Yes. That's why I watch Lois and Clark. Which is just whatever. <laughs> what do you mean, just whatever? I don't like thinking about you thinking about other women. Okay. What about Dean Kane? He's okay. I'm not watching it for him. Well, what do you watch it for? I watch it to see him and Terry Hatcher together. Because it's cute watching their little love story. Yeah. You know, okay, but you you understand they can't have sex. I do not understand that, though. He's an alien. So? So, he has superpowers. Uh-huh. Super bedroom powers. Yeah, well, okay. So, <laughs> imagine that... I almost said Lewis. Imagine that Clark reaches the natural conclusion for a man for sex. Are you afraid to say orgasm? Now, orgasm. Now, what do you... <laughs> Ejaculation. Okay, so this is health class now? He's turning red, people. So, his ejaculate... <laughs> Don't you think that that would shoot out of him like a speeding bullet? No. Why? Because it's supposed to make a baby, right? Yeah. So, With another person of his species. So you don't make a baby like boom. You make a baby like gentle. <laughs> <laughs> How many babies have you made? I don't know. None. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't, it works that way for me. I can say I have no kids that I know about, but you can't do this. Anyways, I just, I don't think that it would be a problem. So you think that uh, it's just normal strength? I think so. It's like regular strength sperm. Yeah. See, I think it's maximum strength. I think it's beyond that. Maximum strength. Well, how's... The, the amount that'll kill you. And then just taper it off a little bit. How sad for him, though. Like, if that's true, he never gets to get laid because there's nobody else like him. How many superheroes do you think get laid? Captain America's a virgin from the 1940s. The Incredible Hulk, anytime he gets excited or his heart rate goes up, he turns into a monster. Really? It's not just when he's mad? No. Oh. Uh, what else? Who, who else is there? Batman. Batman gets laid. Batman gets laid a lot. But Batman is a complete loner. Batman spends all of his nights on rooftops. With Catwoman. Okay. So Batman might be the exception. Spider-Man, kid in high school, has no skills with women at all. He gets married. I guess. it's. I don't know. I don't read the comics. I don't know. Yeah, he gets laid. Okay, sure. Spider-Man and Batman get laid. Okay, well, that, that, I guess that's why they're the two most popular. Maybe Archie and Jughead, too. Maybe together. <laughs> well, speaking of Archie and Jughead together, <laughs> we, uh, we are going to do our part to help the gay community of uh, Michigan or, uh, you know, wherever you are. Come to Michigan for these guys. But <laughs> stay for, or come, come for the guys. Stay for the lakes. <laughs> but that's Michigan's mom. <laughs> anyway, so we are going to segue into Massive Love, where we talk about the 
wanted sections of the newspaper. I can always say the Detroit News, but it's actually the Detroit Free Press that I have the that I have the subscription to. Hmm. So all this comes from the Detroit Free Press. Yeah, so I'm if sure you're listening that... to a previous tape and then you get to this tape, just replace what I said in your mind with Detroit Free Press. I'm sure the Free Press would love to know that you're not crediting them. Yeah, sorry, Free Press. You're no Richard DeBrow from the LA Times, <laughs> but but you're something. So anyway, here's uh, some here are some some ads. Added attractions. Makes no sense. Feminine, healthy, robust white male looking for masculine, strong black male for adult fun and fantasy. Now, let's let's take this apart for a minute. All right, unpack it for us. Okay. So, feminine, robust. Right. Now, unless we're talking about a bust. Robusto. Yeah. Robust and feminine do not go together. I agree. So, which one are you? Yeah, it seems... That this person is a little confused, perhaps. And and then the whole added attractions thing, like, and the feminine thing. It, to me, it seems like maybe, maybe they're actually feminine and they're adding in a little something. So you think that this person is a transvestite? Maybe. Interesting. I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know either. And I, I don't know who does, unless it means something. That well, we this just, person does. We, yeah, but if they're the only one that gets it. What if added attraction is they've added to their penis size with a penile enlargement? Oh. I heard about this thing where you can take uh, some muscle from the from the trunk of an elephant. What? And implant it into your penis. A guy I knew had this done. What? Yeah. A guy I knew had this done. He went on a date with, with his new penis. And he was talking. And all of a sudden... His penis popped out of his pants oh, and grabbed a roll you are so and went under the table. That is so gross. And the woman said, can you do that again? And he said, I think I can, but I don't think my ass could take another roll. You. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's not a good one. It's a good joke. No. It's a classic. Never it's a classic again. joke. It's gross. Thank you, John Mendoza, for that joke. I will credit the great John Mendoza for that joke. Anyway, so I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what the added attraction is. No. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is someone who has taken that surgery, gone to Vienna or wherever they do that, and taken that surgery. Maybe. To make the innie an outie. Could be. I don't know how they. I don't know how they do that. I know how they do it the one way. Yeah. Horrifying. But I don't know how they do it the other way. I, I don't know either, and I don't want to think about it because it kind of grosses me out. Okay. So we have an African male sought by forty. This is, makes no sense. Okay, so someone else is, is seeking seeking an African American male sought by forty six year old gay white male, five ten, one hundred and seventy eight pounds. You should be assertive. And directed toward goals and building a relationship. Now, which goals are we looking for here? As far as I know, there's only one goal. Right? <laughs> I guess, I don't know, they want a relationship. And Okay, so they put African-American male first mm -hmm. because everyone wants their ad to start with A. Apparently. Including this next guy. 
that says "Assalamu alaikum." That's a uh, a Arabic greeting. What in the hell? Uh, Muslim minister. What seeks black male eighteen and up to learn Islam, believe, obey God, Quran, Jesus, Bible, and establish a nation. Wow. What what is establish a nation a euphemism for getting married? I don't know. What I this doesn't make Okay, so there's a lot here. Yes. First, uh assalamu alaikum. Why? Which well, it starts with a. It does. And it's a Muslim greeting. Now, if you're looking for someone So it's a Muslim minister. So do you think this Muslim minister is looking for a black male? To as a boyfriend. I mean, why else would they post the ad here? But it doesn't. I mean, like, okay, we're talking about a Muslim minister, not a Catholic priest. <laughs> I, I just don't. Shots imagine, fired a Catholic priest. I just don't imagine this this happening. I mean, what the Muslim minister would not go after a gay relationship? You wouldn't think so. We uh, just for people that are don't live in our area. We have a very large uh, Muslim American community here in Metro Detroit. Uh, actually, from what I've read, the largest outside of the Middle East. So, you know, not unusual, especially if you're around Dearborn areas like that, to see uh, places that have uh, Muslim m- Muslim writing. You know, Muslims mm-hmm. Muslim signs and, and things like that. Um, especially in Dearborn. Um, that's what I said. Oh, I thought you said. I'm sorry. I was still looking at the writing here. Um, nothing about it is sexual or romantic, aside from the fact that they're saying BM, and we're assuming that means black male. We're assuming that they're saying that they want a black male. What if it means something else? Baltic Mediterranean? <laughs> Body Mediterranean? So, someone from the Mediterranean? Uh, I mean, everything in there is religious. Quran, Jesus, Bible, God. I mean, the they're not talking about sex here. That's true. But Assalamu alaikum, Muslim minister seeks BM, 18 and up, to learn Islam, believe, obey God, Quran, Jesus, Bible, and establish a nation. Where are they establishing a nation? Here? You know what's weird is every once in a while, as it happened especially in the 80s, you'll see that one of these planes gets hijacked. I think it happened in the mid-80s. I think Lockerbie was one of them. There was, there was a few different ones. But it would be some, uh, some Muslim person or, or Arabic person that was doing like terrorism. And they'd hijack a plane and they'd try to, to, to like ransom. It usually always ended in disaster. Or arrest. Right. But I wonder, is it possible that that's what this is? Somebody looking in the in the free press to indoctrinate people into some sort of weird terrorism? Honestly, I think that makes more sense than a Muslim minister looking for a gay relationship. Yeah, because if they were looking for, to build a flock, why... Why through here? Why through the right. want ads? Why mm-hmm. not in your community? Put up signs and stuff. We have a we have a a mosque. 
and we want people to join. We want to preach Islam. Right. But when they go to prisons, that's that's where, that's where all the people turn Islam. Uh, but seriously, it's weird, right? Yes. I don't know. Maybe we should. Maybe we should say something to somebody. I don't know. I mean, it's right there. They published it. I'm sure nothing bad will happen. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, the next one is, I'm a 28-year-old Italian male looking for a male friend and possibly more. I don't know uh, what, what more could he be talking about. Yeah. Isn't um, friendship enough? Yeah, if you're, if you're looking for more, you're not looking for a friend. No kidding. I mean, I could see girls genuinely meaning that, not guys. So... In the alternative section, not to, not to go away from the gay the gay people. Obviously, we're we're gay friendly here. Well, there might be some gay people in the alternative. We might not be anyway. Islam, uh, <laughs> like Muslim minister friendly from that one minister. <laughs> I mean, I have no problem with uh, with Muslims, but that one minister's got me a little freaked out. Right. Anyway, so in the alternative section, we have uh, married black male. And then it says, God-wise, love-wise, health-wise, money-wise, four incomes. What the frick? I don't know what that means. That is the weirdest parenthetical phrase I think I've ever seen. But we know right now that he's a married black male. God-wise, so he's wise to God, I guess. Love-wise, you're, you're putting a nan in the paper, I don't know. <laughs> Health-wise, money-wise, four incomes. I don't know what their four incomes are from, but desires giving single black female 18 to 19. What? How true, old is this person? True love and everlasting companionship. Uh, no. So here's my question. Is this guy looking for someone for him and his wife because he's saying true love and everlasting companionship you can't really promise those things if you're keeping it a secret from your wife right plus you know you're not very god wise <laughs> love wise uh you know and the four incomes thing do they both have two jobs or or is this a guy with three wives already that are all working and they're looking to add a fourth Maybe. I mean, that that's really messed up. 18 to 19, that's when you get them, too. Oh. That's when you that's when you that's when you indoctrinate them in when they don't know any better. Oh, this is not good. This is the way of life. We should call someone on this one, too. Oh my gosh. Oh. Married couple seeking by female to fulfill husband's <laughs> fantasy won't be disappointed. Must what it, be clean. Yeah, always clean. All clean. All calls answered. What does that mean, though, won't be disappointed? Does that mean we won't be disappointed? Is that a threat? <laughs> we won't be disappointed. Yeah, they don't know what anybody else is looking for, so how can they promise not to disappoint them? Right. Yeah, weird. Is that just saying, if you're looking for... A, are they trying to say that they're hot? I guess. But if they're hot, then why are they advertising in here? Agreed. Yeah. Go down to your local flea market. <laughs> Find a, an 18 or 19 year old because that's when you get them. <laughs> that's what everyone's looking for. 
Because that's when you indoctrinate him into whatever weird crap you want to do. Oh, jeez. Anyway, so that is massive love for the week. I don't know. That doesn't seem like love. That was massive weirdness to me. Well, the, the first ones, the gay ones, seemed like love. Although it's weird that every white gay man is looking for someone who's not white. Right? Isn't it? And that's why they're all looking, because they don't want each other. It's kind of sad. Yeah. What's wrong with what's wrong with gay white men? What do what do black, Asian, and Middle Eastern gay men have that white gay men don't? Oh, and don't forget Hispanic. Hispanic too, yeah. Well, they're muy caliente. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, I was gonna initially make a, a, a big penis joke because you know there were so many looking for black men, but the one guy wants an Asian man. Ouch. So it can't be that. Shots fired at the Asian community. <laughs> Usually it's my it's my job to offend every race, ethnicity, nationality. Hey, we got to trade off once in a while. All right. But yeah, so weird. The yeah. whole thing's weird. Yeah, I feel a little skeevy right now. Yeah, but we'll do it again next week. <laughs> so speaking of skeevy, 90210 this week, episode two. Yeah, so we got to watch the second half of the pilot. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, it was a two-part episode. Oh, that makes sense to why it just went to all the things. So <laughs> to all the things, yeah. So when it went to the theme song or whatever at the you know at the at the beginning of the tape, well, mm-hmm. not the beginning of the tape, but after the first part right. that we watched. Okay, that makes sense. All right, because that they they do it on the tape how it would air. So. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting episode this week. Um, you know, it, it's so funny watching it now rather than watching it initially because, like, Brandon just attracts weird, complicated women. Absolutely. And Brenda just gets herself in trouble. Mm-hmm. And it, it was happening again. Like, okay, Brandon... They've established this early on. Yes. Still no Luke Perry. No. And very little that guy I don't care about, David Silver. Yeah. Oh, he remembered his real name. Good job. And, yeah, Brian Austin Green. Yeah. And no Tori Spelling. She's there. Why do you not see her? She was in this episode, too? Yes. What the hell? <laughs> She's She has no lines. Yes, She's she like did. a glorified she, extra. She talked to Kelly. She, she is... Not very prominent, but she's, like, with Kelly frequently. Whenever Kelly is socializing and it's not with Brenda, it's with Donna. Well, I don't see her. I'll tell you. She's... Oh, she I forgot fades, to point her out to She you fades into the background of every episode. Um, no, but she, she's allowed to do that because, as you pointed out last week, her head has not grown yet. <laughs> so she can just fade into the background. I guess I probably just keep looking for a giant nose, and it's not there. I wonder if she had a botched nose job. Yeah, I made that joke last week. You did? Sort of. Oh, my. I said if she had a reverse nose right. job. But, um, okay, so, Brenda. We, we left last time, and I don't know if I even remember to mention this, that her she was sneaking into a club with her friends. Yeah, fake ID. And she got in, and they didn't let the girls in. They didn't like Kelly in. Yeah. Because Kelly looks too young, apparently. Which is funny, because Brenda looks much younger than Kelly in. I agree. 
So they let Brenda in, but they wouldn't let her friends in. So she's in this club by herself, which is just a bad situation. And some guy comes up and starts talking to her. And that was how the episode ended was her in this club. Right. Sort of. That's not the last thing that happened in the episode, but yeah. That's how um, her storyline ended. Yeah. So it picks up this week. She's in the club with this guy and does the stupid thing and gets in a car with the strange man. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't do that. Well, the episode opens with Brandon and Monica. Is that her name? No. Something. Oh, man, they said it so many times in this episode, too. Her last name started with an M. No, I thought her first name did. It was like... Well, then it was probably Monica. But it wasn't Monica. It was like a couple names, like Marie something. Mariana? Marie Calendar. Marie... (laughs) It was not Marie Calendar. Marie, Mary, Mariana. Mariana Mariana Strench. Whatever. So, Mariana Strench. The rich girl that he was talking to at her party last week. Right. They're making out in her hot tub. Yes. Yeah, she invited him over. And she's offering herself up to him. Yeah. How this happens to this boy all the time? I mean, even, you know, years later when we're watching the, you know, college years, he keeps saying no to sex. He's saying no to sex. He's starting now. Yeah. Starting early, saying no to sex. But, yeah, she basically, and he says, why aren't you playing hard to get? Yeah. Like, I, I don't. I don't like that. I don't know why he's shooting himself in the foot, but. Well, what do you mean? What do you not like about it? That it's like the script that women have to play hard to get. That, you know, we're not allowed to want sex. I like how he's explaining it to her, too. This is how to be a woman, because I understand. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, her virtue is protected by him, mm-hmm. not by her. It is weird. I didn't think about it that way, but it is weird. But, I mean, yeah, basically she's saying, you know, no matter how she acts, she's always acting wrong. Like, people want her to be more outgoing, and she's too quiet, or they want her to be more quiet, and she's too outgoing, and, like, she just doesn't know how to be. Yeah. And so he's basically telling her how to be. It was a very, very weird interaction, but they made out a lot in the hot tub, but he did not sleep with her. And, um... So you can get back to Brenda now. Okay. Well, Brenda goes off with the guy, and she tells him she doesn't have a phone when he asks for her phone number, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Who doesn't have a phone? Seriously. Unless you're a street urchin, you have a phone. Right. And she lies and tells him that she's living in a sorority house. Because he thinks she goes to UCLA. Right. And she actually says that she's a transfer from Minnesota and that their whole sorority are transfers from Minnesota, which is, like, stupid and ridiculous. He must just really want her to be... I'm telling you that only horny men believe these lies. Yeah. So he drops her off in front of a library that she at first says is her sorority house. It was a church. Yeah, and then he's like, that's a church. She's like, oh no, it's right next to it. And it it is, I mean, to to be fair to her, the fi-bi-fo or whatever house... The fee-fi-fo-fum house was right next to it. And it does give her the cover to, on their second date, be able to say that her house mother... <laughs> or no, this was her first date. The first date when he was trying to sleep with her. Because he took... I forgot about it. He took her back to the house. Yeah. Yeah, he took her to his apartment. 
and and um, it was a really nice apartment. Yeah. It turns out he's a lawyer, so you know he's got money. He's got a twenty-five-year-old lawyer. Yeah. Making money, because you know he didn't have to. Uh, he didn't have to intern or do any kind of. Uh, he didn't have to. Uh, what they don't call it clerking, but associate. He didn't have to like he. In reality, in the reality of law school, he would have basically just graduated law school, and he'd be like a first-year associate, basically making no money. Right. Well, yeah, and and also it's Beverly Hills, though. So I mean, he probably would make a little bit more money. Like we're we're thinking about people around here. Maybe I mean, may, but first year like associates, you know, like partners, they make a lot of money in law firms, but the the associates, they don't they don't make they don't make what you think they make. They're not rich. Right. But she has gone back to his the strange man's house, and they're making out, and he starts trying to take off her clothes. Yeah. She's like, "What are you doing?" Taking off our clothes. Like, hello, she's 15, 16 years old, you know. 16, um, but yeah. Yeah. So she's like, oh, I can't do this because my house mother is really strict and I have to be back soon. Well, she said, yeah, and she says she, well, she says she has to be back soon. He says, oh, don't worry, Cinderella, I'll get you home by midnight, which I don't know how late it is at this point, but doesn't really speak well to right. his uh, bedroom prowess. <laughs> I'll be quick, don't worry. <laughs> But just bend over, you won't feel a thing. <laughs> but she's she says no, and he respects that and stops. Kinda. I mean, they still keep kissing. Yeah, but he doesn't go any further, right? And and he, you know, he says that he'll go whatever pace she wants to go at, basically. Yeah, which at first I honestly thought was a line, but he does stick to that. And then he takes her out again with his friends. Yeah. So now she's at a dinner with other adult people, who. Want to ask her questions about her schooling. What's your major? What does she say? Astrology. No. Nope. Astronomy. Yeah, she says she's <laughs> majoring in astrology. And that uh, the moon of Vega is, I don't know. Oh, shut up. Pisces. I don't know astrology. No, astronomy. So then they're like, oh, that's a lot of math, isn't it? And then they ask her. Astro- astrology is a lot of math, too, isn't it? Yes. You, you, you go into uh, to that, right? A little bit. And yes, it is a lot of math. Now shut up. Yeah. Um, and very valid. It is. Uh-huh. It explains you. Right. Because it's not just a bunch of, it's not just a bunch of vague things that could apply to a multitude of people. You are such a Scorpio. You know, here's the thing about, what are you, a Gemini? You're not a Gemini. I'm a Gemini. Gemini. Okay. Yeah. Here's the thing about Geminis though. Geminis are deeply spiritual people. They they believe uh, in the forces that work around them and the things that that some people would you stop can't explain. No, I'm just listen. That some people can't explain. They're very in touch with the earth. Uh, you you like to laugh. You like family. You like relationships. You like to be connected to people. Would you, you please you're shaking stop your, shaking your head. wasting air. You're shaking your head like all this stuff is wrong, but it could p- apply to anyone yeah, out I there. I know. I know exactly what you're doing, but th- you're not saying the things that define someone as a Gemini. Okay. What defines me as a Scorpio? Um, your like hard exterior shell and you're, you're just, you're ready to sting. I mean that, I mean that is, you're, you're based off a of scorpion. And it's true. I mean, God, I, I, I love you because you let me in there, but you have <laughs> the hard shell. It is difficult to get in. 
And, you know, you, you make it hard. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was your job. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> so it's difficult to get in. Now, couldn't that apply to a lot of people? A lot, but not everybody. Just like the duality of a Gemini does not apply to everyone. So what's your duality? I change my mind. You know this. I change my mind all the time. And, and I can go from one extreme to another. I thought that's just to find you as a woman. Oh. <laughs> Let's get back to 90210 here, all right? Okay. So, yeah, he's actually a pretty nice guy. And he's taken her to dinner to meet his friends. They ask her what should be a simple question for an astrologer. An astronomer? God <laughs> Not <it>. an astrologer. <laughs> <laughs> and which is what is a black hole <laughs> wow uh now, you, you are not an astrologer or an astronomer <laughs> no i am not what's a black hole well i'm trying to remember what you told me it was because i certainly don't know um it is a star mm -hmm. that has like caved in on itself kind of yeah collapsed star. and it's gravitational pull is so big that nothing escapes it, including light, which is why they call it a black hole. Correct. Yeah. That's basically it, yes. Yay. So you, you you described it, and, and she couldn't. I win a cookie. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know until you told me. She doesn't know you. When a star is so massive, it, it has to be a, a, a large star. And it, you know, it's supernovas. It implodes on itself. And, yeah. Its gravitational force is so great that nothing can escape it. So as you approach it, you know you can you can sort of see the imprint of it. Uh, this is all theorized because no one's ever actually seen a black hole. So this is all theorized. Right. But but astronomers can see the effects of they. There are different parts in the universe where they think a black hole is probably here. <laughs> a black hole is probably here. Because they can see the effects of it, the gravitational effects of the things around it. So that's why they, they theorize that they're out there. And, yeah, nothing can escape it because the gravitational force is so great. And if you get close enough, you can, you know, you'd be able to see, theoretically, the event horizon. And the event horizon is basically the point of no return. If you pass that point... You, it doesn't matter what you do, you can't escape. Right. Because light can't even escape. Okay, so she says mm -hmm. that it is a, basically a hole in space. Right. <laughs> That's black. <laughs> now, luckily, they don't know the answer to the question they have asked her. Mm -hmm. So she can get away with it, but it's a bunch bad. Of, <laughs> a bunch of morons talking to another moron. Yeah. That's what this that's what this dinner is. So she, you know, makes out with him more in his car. Yep. Lies to him some more. It's it looks like he she says stop again cuz it looks like I guess he's just trying to get lucky in the car. I, at I this guess, point. yeah. And uh then he tells her um to come up with something because she's spending the night Friday. He doesn't even ask. He's like, "You're spending the night Friday." I think he's trying to be cool and assertive. Right. He's trying to get laid. Yeah, well, of course. So now she has this huge problem of trying to figure out how to handle this because... It's going to be the third date, you know. Yeah. So that is traditionally the sex date. 
Um, I I don't remember ever hearing anything like that. Really? Really? Because that's been around for a long time. Really? Yes. Well, I don't remember ever hearing it. When did you hear it? When when did you learn this? Because I I gotta tell you, we've been on a hell of a lot more than three dates. Yeah, we have. And we were on I, a lot. I more don't know what you're trying to. Three dates. I don't know what you're trying to imply, but uh, yeah, we've been on more than three dates. So take that as you will. <laughs> I'm just saying. What? I mean, it was more than three dates, and I don't think that most people have sex on the third date. Well, I'm talking about the adult world. I'm talking about like if you're if you're 25, like he is. That's the expectation. I don't think so. Oh yeah. I mean, in the 80s, sometimes even sooner. What? Yeah. There was a whole movie called Casual Sex way back when. Okay. Well, yeah. It I... goes through all the rules. I'll show it to you later. That seems wrong. Anyway. Three dates. Three dates. Traditional. So he, he is telling her they're having sex Friday. Yep. So now Get she's got to figure it out. Get your diaphragm ready because <laughs> it's happening. Oh, and I forgot I forgot about the, the cutest high schooly girl part of this was when she called him from the payphone yes at school with all her friends around so they could hear his voice on his answering machine yeah 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 and then she calls him at work and when they're like oh transferring your call they all laugh and giggle because it's like a grown-up thing you know right yeah very fancy he has an answering machine and a secretary do you have an answering machine yeah doesn't everybody have an answering machine well some people still don't this, the, I mean, this... My friend Bill doesn't have an answering machine. Why? Well, there's some people that don't have answering machines. I guess they just don't care about what people are trying to reach them. Bill doesn't have a pager either. So when he's out, he you can't you can't get a hold of him. You, you can't, just... can't page him. He, can't, he doesn't know to use the payphone. It's... What? He doesn't know to use a payphone? Well, that's what a pager's for. What is wrong with him? Is he mentally damaged? No, I'm not saying he doesn't know how to use a payphone. <laughs> I'm saying if we want to get a hold, if I wanted to get a hold of you, mm-hmm. I would page you 911 because <laughs> it's always 911. And you'd go to a payphone and you'd call my house. Yes. He doesn't know to do that. That's what I'm well, saying. Well, yeah, because he doesn't even have a pager to begin with. That's what I'm saying, yes. He's okay. pagerless. But, but what you do then it's is. $15 down at Circuit City or whatever. What you do then? Is you go to the places where you think you might be. Yeah, that's what I've had to do before. Yeah. Drive around where you at. Isn't that kind of fun? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> back to 90210. Um, so, Brendan, apparently, really... Yeah. Brandon in, is still his name. Really impressed this girl. Because she sent him... And what girl would do this to a high school boy? A dozen long stem red roses to class. I'm assuming this is another Beverly Hills thing. I mean, wouldn't you be embarrassed if I did that to you? Yes. There is that one day of the year in school where everyone sends each other flowers. Right. The sweetheart flower thing or whatever. But aside from that, yes, it would be embarrassing. Yeah. And I mean, especially a dozen, I mean, like one flower would be better than that. Sure. So everyone assumes that he must have really rocked her world. Right. And they start asking him questions yeah. about it. And I'm sorry, I feel like this is her fault for doing this. Yeah, a little. Cuz and then he doesn't deny it. He says they're running on in the track. I assume I assume for gym class. Right. And 
they say, so, you know, what happened with you guys? You know, I saw the roses. What happened? And he says, let's just say that I did something with her that neither one of you could handle. Which was true. Yeah. He said, I think he said most men couldn't handle. Yeah. Which is true because what he did was resisted her. Yep. He did. So, that, I mean, that is an impressive I'm thing. I'm going to tie your hands. That just came out of nowhere. What I'm gonna you... tie your hands what? to the chair. Why? Because every five seconds you're hitting the microphone. Bang, bang, bang. Talk with your hands more than an Italian. I'm gonna tie him to the chair. I'll La- write to you later. Then. <laughs> Tell your house mother that you won't be home. <laughs> Anyway, so what were we talking about? I don't know. Now I'm all distracted because you're talking about tying me up. Yeah. Me um, <laughs> okay, the roses and the Okay, so yeah, so he and, says yeah. that he says that he does did something that most men couldn't handle, which I guess technically is true because he didn't have sex with her when he could have. But they of course all take that as oh, you know, it was wild or whatever. Right. And he's getting a drink at the water fountain, and some random guy just passes by and says, Hey, I heard you scored with Mary Ann or Marianas Trench or whatever her name is. I heard you got into Marianas Trench. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, you know, he says, Congratulations. Wow. But the, the funniest part is that they have a radio station, which, you know, some, some high schools do. Our, our, our high school is not. Uh, affluent enough to have one. Right. But some do. It's KWBH, mm-hmm. K West Beverly High. And they're allowed for some reason <laughs> from the st- the staff of this school, but we'll get into that in a minute what the staff of the school's up to. Right. They uh they're allowed for some reason to announce a wild thing uh you know, like the wild thing club or something like that. And they read off some names and then the guy says, and the newest members, or whatever, Brandon Walsh and Marianas Trench. And, like, it's just they're, like, announcing these people have had sex. Right. It's weird. It is weird. I don't think that any high school would really allow that. Although. But, yeah, the the Spanish teacher comes in, is, is called into the principal's office. Because he wants to talk to her about how hard she's making her class. Right. He sits down. She decides to make him hard. <laughs> he sits down right right next to her. Knees are touching. In, instead of getting, you know, across the desk. And he basically says, yeah, he basically says, there's a lot of no comprende going on in your class. And, you know, you need to change things up a little bit. And she says... That in order to learn Spanish, you have to live Spanish, you have to breathe Spanish, you have to touch Spanish. And she takes his hand and puts it over her heart, over her chest. Mm-hmm. And you, you can see, you know, he's, he's quite taken. Yeah. So she says, let's check back in a month and we'll see how they're doing then. How the, how the students are doing then. See if they've got it then. And, like, basically just, like, using that as, like, you know, hey, just give me more time. Yeah. And then he says, how about Friday for dinner? And apparently she agrees. So it's very, very quick, but they try to get the adults in here, too, with the soap opera stuff. 
She, yeah, but I mean, she just manipulated the hell out of him. I mean, if he'd had blood in his brain, he would have realized what she was doing, but right. he didn't, so. Yeah, it's, uh, and you know, like I told you, teachers can date each other. I think that's fine. But the principal dating a teacher, I mean, that's, that's, there. he's the boss, technically. It seems inappropriate. Yeah. Anyway, so that happens, and then... Uh, Brandon goes into school, into the hallway. Word has spread like wildfire. And we see Mariana's Trench at the end of the hall. And I thought Brian De Palma was going to take over the directing of this. And like in Carrie, just, uh, you know, <laughs> quick cut in, 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 in to, yeah. to a close up of her, uh, of her face, you know, uh, all pissed off and stuff. But they walk towards each other. And she basically tells him off, says, I trusted you. How could you do this to me? She punched him. Yeah. First thing she does is punch him. Punched him in the stomach, right? You knew that was going to happen, though, as she was walking. I knew she was going to hit him. I was imagining a slap in the face, but, you know, a gut punch works. Yeah, that would have been more traditional, slap (laughs) in the face. But probably harder to film. Easier to film her fake punching him in the chest or the stomach. I don't know, though. I still think that it's kind of her fault with those flowers. She started the rumors. But she, but he should have just said we didn't do anything. Like I told you, we were watching Would it. Would you? He should, yeah, absolutely. I don't give a crap. Every, every guy in school is like, hey, that's awesome. Do you know me at all? Yeah. I don't care what they think in any way. So, yeah, I would have said, and maybe this is just me, but I would have said exactly what I told you when we were watching, when we were watching the episode. I would have said, uh, no, I didn't do anything. I treated her with respect, like a lady, because, you know, that's how she's supposed to be treated, and we like each other. Yeah. So, I didn't, so, you know, nothing's happened yet. That's that's what I would have said, because I don't care. If everyone's like, oh, you're lame and stuff, it's a shit. Right. So, yeah. But that's what I think he should have done. And um, so then he tries to make it better by going on this radio show Mm -hmm. and fessing up. Yep. He tells everybody, you know, nothing happened and that, you know, he, he's embarrassed for the way he acted and all that stuff and that she deserves better. Right. And she still doesn't uh, doesn't want to date him or anything. Well, she says that she's going to try staying in this weekend. Right. And he says, what about next weekend? And she says, call me. So we'll I see. think we're going to see more of Mariana's Trench we'll see. Down, the, I don't down the line. I think he blew it. I think he permanently blew it, and she's just being nice because he tried. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But he does follow Andrea home. Yes. Because he's trying to tell Andrea. Apparently, it sounds like there's something going on between the two of them. Yeah, well, I mean, Andrea was very upset uh, about the fact that he was telling everyone that he slept with this girl. He thought she was different, or she thought he was different. Yeah. So, yeah, she's very disappointed in him. Yeah, I think she has a crush on him. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he reciprocates that. Well. I mean, he did follow her home. She does look like his mom. <laughs> right. But yeah, so he follows her home to try to talk to her because she won't talk to him and finds out that she does not live in the school district. No, she lives far from Beverly Hills. Well, she, they, they don't say where, but it looked like Encino to me. <laughs> yeah, she takes the public transit bus. Mm-hmm. To her home. So. And teaches Spanish to everyone on the bus on the no, way home. No, I don't think she was teaching Spanish. I think she was practicing Spanish because, I mean, they looked Hispanic. Oh, okay. So I think they were helping her. I'm colorblind, so I, I don't see race. 
<laughs> Whatever. No, I'm sure they were, but I wasn't. I didn't really notice. So um, they had now have a secret. You know, he promises that he won't tell anybody. Do you think this is there. the start of the whatever bond they have between the two of them? Yes. Because remember, Kelly wanted her approval to go after in, in the season finale of the season that just ended that we watched. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like, you know, she's on the paper and he's on the paper and she's kind of becoming one of his better friends rather quickly, even though it's a weird relationship. Yeah, they, they, they sort of they sort of allude to the fact that he and Steve talk a lot, but they're not super good friends yet yeah they like every just every once in a while they're talking to each other yeah speaking of steve the only thing that really goes on with him this episode is he is literally passing out pamphlets in the hall or flyers in the hall asking people 50 bucks to tell him who drove his car yeah he wants to find david the kid that crashed his car so then he had a i still don't understand what happened with this car so I think what he did was, is he, he has an alarm to the car, and he has it hooked up to his pager somehow. I don't know how. But when the alarm starts going off, because David was looking for something, I don't know the what. cap. His friends, he had borrowed his friend's hat. Oh, and he was and looking for the hat. his friends ha- had his name inside of the hat. Oh, okay. So they wanted to get it back, because otherwise his friend was going to get his ass beat. Gotcha. So they're looking for it in the car. He somehow he has a jimmy where he just yeah. he unlocks the Corvette that uh, that Steve drives somehow. Like every freshman walks around with uh, you know right. car stealing tools. Yeah, exactly. It was ridiculous, but especially in Beverly Hills, right? You know they're 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 known for car thievery there. <laughs> anyway, so they they get in there and then Steve jumps out because the pager starts going off because his. His, and he just stands up in class and basically says, aha, and runs out of class. No one says anything about that. <laughs> right. just like, oh, okay, that's just Steve. So <laughs> he he gets down there and he thinks it's the other kid, the kid who, who disappears at some point in the show, replaced by Luke Perry. Right. And he's like, I'm going to kill you or whatever. And David says, no, it was me. And he says, you know, they start chasing interesting camera work like it's being filmed from a blimp because it's uh it's a head head-on view yeah like an atari game or something and they're chasing each other around the car and he says oh if i have to work at mcdonald's for the rest of my life to pay you off i'll pay you back and everything and so steve finally you know relents and leaves and his buddy's like oh that's the studliest thing i've ever seen what running away from him and, and begging to pay him off now, maybe, now, first, honestly, I thought he could have been talking about Steve. I, I don't think so, but. And the other thing, he could have been being sarcastic. I don't think so. I think he meant that David standing up to him was supposed to be studly. Okay. But like I said. Weird thing to say to your male friend. Right. Hey, I think there's some people in the classifieds that might be interested. But like I said um, earlier, he looks like a puppy. Yes. Like, I'm looking at his, his face when he's in college versus now. It's like the difference of a puppy that grew into, like, a St. Bernard. Yeah. Because he's got this, like, shrunken, cute little face. And he looks so cute. And you just want to pinch his little cheeks. And then... He, he looks very young. And then he grows up and his head gets all big and he doesn't look cute anymore. Yeah. His head almost matches Donna's. <laughs> Maybe that's why they dated. Right? 
<laughs> they both wanted someone they could find in a crowd. <laughs> so they gravitated towards each other. Brenda. Let's finish up with Brenda, because I think that's the last really bit of the yeah. story we have here. Yeah, nothing really happened with Kelly. Well, the one thing that we do learn about Kelly is just that her mom is a bee. Yeah, her mom is her mom's some sort of party girl. Yeah, the, Brenda calls her at 6 a.m., and her mom comes to yell at Kelly for someone calling in the middle of the night. Yeah. And says, you know we have our deal where I, I do my thing and you do your thing and we don't bother each other? Like, yeah. Whoa, what kind of mom? Call, uh, have her call in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so 6 a.m. is the middle of the night. Um, okay, so Brenda ends up going, she's talking to Kelly and she tells her that she thinks that she loves this guy and that she wants to sleep with him. So he takes her out to dinner, and they're talking, and she's like, I can tell you anything, right? Oh, no, Brenda, you can't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so she tells him that she's a junior. Right. I thought she was a sophomore. She's a junior. 16-year-old junior. At West Beverly High. And he's quite angry. Oh, very, very angry. The waiter comes up and asks if she wants more wine while they're talking. He's like... Why don't you check her ID? Yeah. Or is that fake, too, he says. <laughs> Best acting in the entire episode is that waiter with no lines. <laughs> stands there for a second in this awkwardness and then just sort of spins away. <laughs> and it is the be it is the best comedic time you've ever seen. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, so he drives her home and, and that's, that's that. That is the end of the 25-year-old lawyer. Well, wait a second. Because she's crying. Yeah. She's saying, my feelings haven't changed. All this stuff. He's angry. You know, well, let, let's see what oh, happens. Yeah. Let's see what happens when someone that you care about lies to you. Blah, blah, blah. He's all pissed off at her. And then she says, and to think I was going to sleep with you tonight. And then he's pulling up to her house and he's like, wait, Brenda, wait, wait, <laughs> wait a second. Wait, let's let talk about this. Let me walk you to the door Yeah, at let's least. talk about this. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so I don't know if it's going to be the end of him or not. We'll see. But once he, once he heard that, his, his tone changed a lot. I don't think he would have slept with her. I don't necessarily think he would have either, but I think part of the reason he was mad is he's cause like, well, nothing's going to happen with this kid. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, he put, he put in, you know, solid three dates or whatever. Right. <laughs> he bought her a couple fancy meals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He, he definitely paid for it, so, you know, he should get it. Ugh. That's what you're saying. No, I'm talking of, I don't believe that. I'm just saying I think that's what he's thinking. Yeah, I, well, I agree, probably. But that is, yeah, that's where the episode ends. So we will pick it up next week. Yep. Some interesting stuff to think about here. So this week we saw The Crow. Yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty solid film. What did you think? I thought it was absolutely terrible. Really? thought it was a pretty solid film, huh? I did. Uh, okay, so I guess I'll go through the plot of this pretty solid film. What it is, what the plot is anyway. And you can tell me why you thought it was good. Okay. So it starts off with a murder scene. Where a woman is clinging to life and a guy is presumably dead. Although we don't really get to see him that well. And there's a detective 
Winston Zettermore from the Ghostbusters mm-hmm. is there. And he it's really him this time, too, by the way. Er, Ernie <laughs> yeah. Hudson. And he is in... Well, he's, he's acting like a detective, but he's not a detective. He's a sergeant, which I pointed out while we were watching the movie. And it turns out he used to be a detective, so that at least makes sense. He was... It, they said he gave up his shield, but it sounds like from later in the movie that he was forced yeah. to stop being a detective. Yeah, it sounds like he got in trouble. And there is no explanation ever as to why. Well, the very vague explanation of he was sticking his nose in where it didn't belong. Basically. To what, though? But isn't that did their it have job? Any, didn't ha- did it have anything to do with the villain that we were talking about? Was it an unrelated crime? No one knows. Right. This movie takes place in Detroit, which they allude to a couple times. It's not super out there, but in Detroit, and I think some areas too, although not area, not every area in the country I know calls it this, uh, we have a thing called Devil's Night, which is the day before Halloween, the day after my birthday, and they set a lot of fires and things like that. And in the 80s especially, this was a big problem in like an actual problem in the city of Detroit with a lot of arson on, yeah. on Devil's Night. I remember being like scared. Yeah, well some, sometimes yeah. But anyway, so murder scene, she gets you know, she goes to the ambulance and there's a little girl there named uh she narrates the, Sarah. Yeah, she she Sarah, right? She narrates the movie too. Yeah. Uh I mean, I don't mean any offense to, you know, this kid. One of the worst actors I've ever seen in my life. Every line is delivered. She's more wooden than Pinocchio <laughs> in this film. Very bad. Always I like, know. I thought you cared about me. Well, screw you then. And walks off. I think that she's really depressed. And I think that, you know, the lack of emotion and inflection and stuff is, like, because she's just so used to nothing mattering. So, her character is clinical depression. (laughs) Okay. Whatever. So, anyway, she says, oh, they used to take care of me. You lied to her about, because the woman asked if her fiancé, they were going to get married, they found a wedding invitation, if her fiancé was okay before she gets put in the ambulance. And he says, oh, don't worry about him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that that's a lie, really. No. He's just saying, hey, don't worry. He's dead. Don't worry about him. Right? But she, uh, so she gets taken away and she's like, oh, you lied to her. And he said, oh, I had to. And she said, and you're lying to me about her. She's going to die too, isn't she? And he said, you know, I don't know. She's probably going to be okay. Whatever. <laughs> Gives her a hug. And then it's a year later. Although it's not exactly a year later, as we learn, because Devil's Night's not yet, unless this all takes place over one incredibly long night. I think it does. All right, well, that's weird then. So, this crow, uh, name of the movie, starts flying around, and we hear the, the narration gives some bullshit explanation as to every once in a while a crow will take your soul and give you whatever the powers of the crow are. I don't know. You so can, that you can heal set yourself right. and stuff. I don't know what it is. But he starts pecking at the gravesite and it opens up. He comes out. It's Brandon Lee. By the way, 
I, I hate uh, to kick this movie uh, a lot because I know it's the movie that Brandon Lee gave his life to make. But it is terrible. And I, I have to be honest. It's not terrible. It's a very bad movie. It's just not your kind of movie. But it's also bad. I disagree. As I'll point out. Okay. So, he comes out of the grave. He goes back to his old apartment. And, you know, it's there's still crime scene tape up. Which I guess is Detroit. That's definitely Detroit. <laughs> but... He goes in and it's all messed up and everything. That cat is still alive somehow. And incredibly clean. Yeah. It's a white cat with no dirt on it at all. That you know it has to have been crawling in corners and killing mice and things like that to survive. So he puts on some makeup and some goth clothes like you do. You know, when you're going to avenge yourself on people. You got to dress the part. And... He starts having flashbacks as he's touching all these things of what happened. And here's a major part of the movie. I don't, or here's a major problem with the movie. I don't care. What? I don't care about their relationship. I don't care about them. I don't care about anything because you can't build characterization and relationships through a one minute long series of flashbacks. That's the biggest problem with the movie. I don't care about her. I don't care about him. That What they needed to do was start this movie earlier. They needed to start this movie, establish their relationship, establish their connection, establish what they were trying to do instead of making it a mystery, then have them rape, her raped and killed and him killed. Then I'd care. But they didn't do any of that. They figured we can establish characterization through one minute long of five second each flashback sequences showing their life together and the brutal crime that ended their that ended their lives. It doesn't have any effect on me. There's not enough time to form any kind of connection there. I don't care. You're just a cold and heartless person. I'm not cold and heartless. The movie didn't earn me caring about it. No, I'll tell you this. What you said convinced me that it could have been better. Yes. That would have made it a better movie. Oh yeah. But I did care. I did care. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. His his girlfriend, his fiance. Mm -hmm. Do you remember her name? Shelly. Shelly. What was she like? She was a caring person. Okay. So give me any, besides the one thing that the movie tells us she did, well, the two things that the movie tells us she did, the little girl and the other thing that's, for some stupid reason, a, a plot mystery. Give me any other examples of what, why she was caring. What did she do for a living? What was her personality like? How can I answer your questions? You just said the only the two things that the movie told us, so I can't okay. make stuff up. Oh, so even okay, use those things. What was her personality like? What were her likes and dislikes? What was her relationship with what's his name like the crow, whatever his name was? Okay, so she um. She liked candles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So she's a lot like you. All and right. they were getting married on Halloween. The director likes candles. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I mean, that tells me that, you know, Halloween's like important to them. Okay. Um, she likes rock and roll because her you, boyfriend was a rock and roll artist. That's an assumption, but okay. 
Well, I mean, why would she be dating a guy and she doesn't like his music? Maybe she didn't. Maybe she. Maybe that was a cause of friction in their relationship. I don't know. Whatever. What I'm saying is, we don't know her. I don't know anything about her. The only thing I know about her is that she was willing to to help look after a kid in the neighborhood, and she wanted to help people in the building that she lived in, including herself. So she seems like she's probably a good person, but I don't know anything else about her. I, there's nothing to connect to. So I don't care that she died. It's just like they could show you know someone on the on the street corner getting mugged and killed. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I'd feel bad because it's another human being getting right. killed. But I don't have an emotional connection. That the, the whole heart of this movie is the vengeance, the revenge. These guys did something evil. He wants to exact revenge. The whole motivation of, upon that and, and the reason the crow gives him the powers is the love he has of this woman. I don't see any of that. You know, they tell us a couple times of things that they did. They tell us that she, you know, took care of this kid. They tell us that she wanted to stand up for people's rights. They tell us that they loved each other. They don't show any of it. Not in any, not in any significant way that we can latch on to and emotionally connect to these characters and really root for him. And for most of the movie, he's completely indestructible. Meaning that any danger he's in, I don't care about because I know he's not going to get killed. I know he's in no danger because several times people shoot him point blank and he, the crow powers just heal it up. So it's like, why do I care? I don't, he's not in any danger and I don't have any emotional connection to their story. Do you know what I think part of the problem is though, is that you spent the first, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 minutes of the movie actively making fun of it out loud. Which may have prevented you and other moviegoers from being able <laughs> to form an emotional connection to the movie. It's not there. It's just not there. It doesn't exist in the film. They didn't put it in the movie. But like you said, just seeing... Here's the thing. You can say, oh, that would be sad, but I don't feel anything. To me, watching someone get killed, especially watching a woman get raped and killed, it, it does emotionally do something to me whether i care specifically about that individual or not but that's not enough that fleeting kind of caring because that and that's the thing that's that's the fight of fiction we all know that this is fake we all know this didn't happen if i saw something like that happen in real life obviously i wouldn't need to know the person because it's really happening it would be high emotional stakes but in a movie, you know, it, it, you can get... There are two di different kinds of connections that a screenwriter and a director can make for a film. Surface level, like kill a puppy level. You know, you kill a puppy, everyone's sad and angry about that. That's very surface level stuff. Deep emotional connections, those take time to develop and build. Because you have to get to know the people in order to form those bonds to get over the fact that you know it's just a movie, right? Surface level stuff's fine for some things, but this thing drives the entire plot of the film and we need a deep connection in order to make that resonate. 
that's the big that's the big failing of this movie. They don't take the time to set up those characters to form that connection to drive the plot of the film. Okay. Other than that, it's just spectacle. And I mean, that's all this movie is. All this movie is surface. There's nothing underneath it. Okay. Even the 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 mo the the biggest relationship that's formed is the one between the crow and Ernie Hudson, probably. Yeah. We see some connection between the the little girl and Ernie Hudson, but that's that's another thing that we don't see much of. He helps take care of her now too. Yeah, because he was impacted by the fact that they, he knew they took care of her and they died. Right. So he stepped in. Yeah, and he see, and we get to know his character a little more. And yeah. I, that's the that's the character in the movie I cared, cared the most about. Yeah. To be honest with you, because we got to know him a little bit more. But even he doesn't have a ton of screen time in this. Right. So I mean, basically, it's it's your standard revenge story, and that's the thing too is we need that because the because the story's so standard. We need, we need uh, that emotional connection to make it resonate more, and it just doesn't exist there. But it's a standard revenge story. Four guys broke into their apartment. Apparently, the whole thing was whatever this guy is, this you know evil guy that rules over the entire city somehow, uh, which is never fully explained. Working with the Candyman, um, <laughs> he. Uh, he ordered their apartment building to be swept and cleaned, whatever that means. I don't know if he owned the apartment building. I don't know if he wanted to tear it down to build something else. There's no motivation beyond the fact that he said, yeah, I ordered that to happen. Right. And w- apparently what they were supposed to do, these four underlings, is go in there, scare people out, and you know, clear the building. They went in to scare uh, them out. Uh, I guess they put signs on the door that said... You know, it was the health department was, you know, like uh, there were violations and things like that. So they were going to have to be evicted and everything and they didn't heed it. And so what they were supposed to do is come in there and scare her. And what they did was they came in there, saw she was pretty or whatever. I don't know because we don't really get a, we don't get any more than cuts. Right. Quick cuts. Yeah, we don't know how it went down. Not that I want to see the rape. No. But, you know, all of it, the whole incident is all just quick cuts. So... They, you know, they intimidate her and everything like that. They say later, as they're getting hunted down, that he came in and that's why everything went south. Because he came in, they threw a knife at him, and then they decided they were going to rape and kill her and kill him. And that's what they did. And so his whole thing for this night is to hunt them down and kill them one by one, which he does. And then he ends up killing... The guy responsible for it too, and I Tony Todd got away, didn't he? I don't remember the Candyman. I don't think so. I can't remember his death scene. I don't scene. think any of them got away. Well, he the rest of the plot of the movie is he goes through and hunts them down one by one, kind of detective style, tracks them down and kills them. It's sort of like Batman, but much more violent. It's weird though because he like knows their names. Yeah, he he. I don't understand what he knows and what he doesn't know. He, yeah. he somehow he has the he, whatever the powers of the crow are. I don't know, but he he yeah he knows their names and knows some things about them, but doesn't know other things about them. And you know he stops at a pawn shop where they pawn things. He gets the ring back that he gave to his fiance, and he blows up the pawn shop and goes and finds the you know the first guy kills him with knives. Everyone gets killed in a way. 
that was related to what they did bad in life. Like one guy gets killed with knives and he played with knives. The other guy gets burned into his car and he was the arsonist. One guy gets... How's how's the second guy get killed? I'm trying to remember. In a bathtub. Oh yeah, drugs. So he drugged him because he was a big drug guy. And he was sleeping with the little girl's mom. Yeah, that was so weird. And making her into a drug addict, which apparently the crow fixed. Because the crow touched her arm and morphine started pouring out of that her That was kind of cool. I liked that scene. It was a cool effect. And he was like, he said something like, what did he say? The word that children use for gods is mother. Or yeah, something like something that. Something like that. Like That was kind of a cool line. And he said, you understand what I mean? And she goes back and becomes a better mother. Uh, it seems like he has the power to affect people's lives somehow, too. Because mm-hmm. towards the end of the movie, Ernie Hudson wants a cigarette. He told him once before, stop smoking them, they'll kill you. He puts it in his mouth and lights it and then gives it to him. And he's like, ugh, yuck. And he's yeah. like, I think I'm quit. As long as I live, I, you know, as long as I live from this bullet wound that I have, I, uh, I'm going to quit smoking. So it's like because he touched it with his mouth, he tainted it or whatever. And now he doesn't like the taste of cigarettes anymore. Um, and she doesn't like the feeling of heroin anymore. or <laughs> Morphine. Whatever. Morphine, yeah. Uh, so... He has some sort of power like that to make people's lives better, too. None of the powers are explained in any kind of detail, and they don't seem super consistent. So that's that's another thing of the movie, too. At one point, the the guy, the main bad guy and his half-sister kiss, you know, just to make sure that you know that he's totally evil. No, no, no. When we first met him, they were in bed with the, with the lady. Oh, yeah, and they killed her. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they're doing more than kissing. Oh, for sure, yeah. But And he's got a big pile of cocaine. It's all the cliches of this guy's a bad guy kind of thing. But anyway, so she says to him, it's the crow. They, I don't know how they know this, but they know because that it's she... the crow that gives him his power. And if you kill the crow... He won't have his power anymore. Because she's all like into supernatural stuff. Like they were doing, you know, some kind of ritual earlier. Yeah, none of that's gone into or explained in any kind of detail. You don't know what's going on there. She's basically a witch, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. She was burning something in a goblet at one point and said, forces are aligning against you, which sounds like astrology again to me. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I'm a criminal overlord in this city and forces are, are conspiring against me. That's a shock. Right. But anyway, so they capture the crow at one point, and then he can be hurt, but then they don't kill the crow, and I don't really think they hurt the crow, and then the crow kills her. The crow it pecks bra- her eyes out. Crow, yeah, pecks her eyes out, and then she falls to her death. A lot of people fall to their death. I think they had that effect down, so yeah. they wanted to use it as much as they could. But anyway, she falls uh, to her death, and the crow's free, but yet he still can be hurt. I don't know if it's because it's close to midnight and maybe once Halloween comes, he can't uh, be the crow anymore. He's got to go back to being dead. I don't know because they don't explain any of this stuff. So he gets all the bad guys and then he goes back to the graveyard and then he sees his fiance and she kind of like, you know, touches like she touches his face. and says, Yeah, you did good. You killed them all. Way to go. Uh, let's go to heaven or whatever. I don't know. Because they don't explain that either. If there is an afterlife or not. Did he just come back? Did he see anything? Was he in hell? Was he in purgatory? Was he in it? Obviously he wasn't in heaven. Because if he was in heaven with her, then why revenge? Who cares? Yeah. So I don't uh, I don't get any of it. It, it. A lot of it doesn't make any sense. It's not explained very well. And there's no emotional core to the movie. 
it was a bad movie. Well, I, I gotta tell you, I went in liking this movie, and um, I think you just convinced me not to like it anymore. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I did enjoy it. I, I thought that it was kind of, like, sweet and romantic that he came back to avenge her, and um, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was... Uh, I like action more than you. So the fight scenes, I think, I kind of enjoyed. But there were few and far between. Of the fight scenes, really. There wasn't a ton of action in this action movie. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I, I don't know. I thought it was good. I can't explain it. I enjoyed it. I walked out of the theater feeling like, hey, I've just watched an enjoyable film. And now I feel, like, dumb for that. You don't have to feel dumb. Everyone has different opinions on things. You can like the movie just because I didn't like it. But I can't explain why I like the movie. Hmm. I mean, I like Brandon Lee. Yeah, rest in peace. <laughs> sad. It is sad. His dad died too, same thing. Isn't that weird? The curse of the Lees. Yeah, so apparently he was killed because they put a fake, like a real bullet in a gun with no gunpowder. And then... So it wouldn't fire. Right. But then somebody accidentally knocked it in the chamber. They didn't know it was still in there. And then they put blanks in, which have twice the amount of gunpowder as a normal bullet. Yeah, but they don't actually fire. But because there was a real bullet in the chamber, and they've now added gunpowder with the blanks, it fired. Yeah, and killed him. Yeah. Weird. Very weird. Yeah, so poor Brandon Lee. I wish you could have gone on to make better movies, but you didn't, so... Sad, sad, the sad stuff. That's sadder than the movie. Yeah. Especially because his dad died in a similar way. Right. His poor mom. Yeah. Well, anyway, that is, uh, that's the crow. So, I don't know. If you like dark love stories, <laughs> I mean, I can't even recommend it if you like dark love stories because it wasn't much of a love story to me. But, I don't know. If it hits you like it hit Carol, you'll like it if... It doesn't, you won't, basically. I don't know how to describe it other than that. But we will end this episode as we end every episode with our Blockbuster Pick of the Week. Carol, this week, what are you recommending from Blockbuster? The movie My Life. Um, it's another sad one, but it's really good and well done. Is it based um, on the Billy Joel song? No. So, the, no, this guy... Got a call from an old friend we used to be real close. Yeah. Um, yeah, babe. So... <laughs> I, I used to watch Bosom Buddies. I mean, I love your singing voice, but now it's not the time. Um, anyway. My life. My life. So, he... Michael Keaton. His girlfriend, or his wife, I don't know, it's Nicole Kidman. a while is pregnant with his baby when he finds out that he's dying of cancer. Yeah. And so he's making all these videos for his baby so that they'll know him when they grow up. Yeah, pretty sad. Yeah. Sad stuff. So if you want to cry, <laughs> my life. If you want to laugh, go with my pick, which is Wayne's World 2, which we've talked about a little bit, and I know you hate. Yep. But I love it. I think it's hilarious. One of the... Maybe... I think... Maybe better than the first Wayne's World. At least as good. Excellent, excellent comedy film. 
you know what this is about. You know, it's Wayne and Garth. They're continuing adventures. It's a very good film. Kim Basinger's in it. It's terrible. She can't explain why, though. You're a jackass. <laughs> I found more emotional connection to Wayne's World 2 than I did to The Crow. So, those are the movies out of Blockbuster this week. Go rent them. You will not be disappointed. But that is our show for the week. As always, tell a friend about our show. Tell them, you know, give them the, the tapes. Let them listen to it. See if they want more. And uh, send us money, I guess. I don't know. What do you want, <laughs> what do you want them to do? No, I, I mean, they can, like I said, just throw a couple bucks in, in my lacquer to help pay for the tapes. That's yeah, all. That's, that's all, all. We want. Yeah. Just a little help with those tapes. And love notes. Tapes aren't expensive. Love notes? What are you talking about? Not love notes, love notes, but I mean, just, you know, let us know you like the show. Oh, yeah, okay, you can do that. No love notes to my girlfriend, though. Or to my boyfriend. Yeah. He is, he is a sexy, sexy man. Unless you're Terry Hatcher. Hey. <laughs> All right, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.